All right, guys, welcome back. I am definitely feeling better, so I will be back tomorrow to school. Um, I'm ready to read a few vignettes with you guys. Actually, we're reading four today. Uh, a couple of them are shorter, so we'll make it through. Um, we're on page 67. This one's called Edna's Ruthie. Ruthie, tall, skinny lady with red lipstick and blue babushka, which is like a little handkerchief in her head. One blue sock and one green because she forgot. She's the only grown-up we know who likes to play. She takes her dog Bobo for a walk and laughs all by herself. That Ruthie, she just doesn't need anybody to laugh with. She just laughs. She is Edna's daughter, the lady who owns the big building next door. Three apartments, front and back. Every week, Edna is screaming at somebody, and every week, somebody has to move away. Once, she threw out a pregnant lady just because she owned a duck. And it was a nice duck, too. But Ruthie lives here, and Edna can't throw her out because Ruthie is her daughter. Ruthie came one day, it seemed, out of nowhere. Angel Vargas was trying to teach us how to whistle. Then we heard someone whistling, beautiful like the Emperor's Nightingale. And when we turned around, there was Ruthie. Sometimes we go shopping and take her with us, but she never comes inside the stores, and if she does, she keeps looking around like her, a wild animal caught in a house for the first time. She likes candy. When we go to Mr. Benny's grocery, she gives us money to buy her some. She says, make sure it's the soft kind because her teeth hurt. Then she promises to see the dentist next week, but when next week comes, she doesn't go. Ruthie sees lovely things everywhere. I might be telling her a joke, and she'll stop and say, the moon is beautiful like a balloon. Or somebody might be singing and she'll point to a few clouds. Look, Marlon Brando. Or Sphinx winking. Or my left shoe. Once, some friends of Edna's came to visit and asked Ruthie if she wanted to go with them to play bingo. The car motor was running and Ruthie stood on the steps wondering whether to go. Should I go, Ma? She asked the gray shadow behind the second floor screen. I don't care, says the screen. Go if you want. Ruthie looked at the ground. What do you think, Ma? Do what you want. How should I know? Ruthie looked at the ground some more. The car with the motor running waited 15 minutes and then they left. When we brought out the deck of cards that night, we let Ruthie deal. There were many things Ruthie could have been if she wanted to. Not only is she a good whistler, but she can sing and dance too. She said lots of job offers when she was young, but she never took them. She got married instead and moved away to a pretty house outside the city. Only thing I can't understand is why Ruthie is living on Mango Street if she doesn't have to. Why is she sleeping on a couch in her mother's living room when she has a real house all her own? But she says she's just visiting, and next weekend her husband's going to take her home. But the weekends come and go, and Ruthie stays, no matter. We're glad because she's our friend. I like showing Ruthie the books I take out of the library. Books are wonderful, Ruthie says. And then she runs her hand over them as if she could read them in Braille. They're wonderful, wonderful, but I can't read anymore. I get headaches. I need to go to the eye doctor next week. I used to write children's book once, did I tell you? One day I, mem I memorized all of The Walrus and the Carpenter because I wanted Ruthie to hear me. The sun was shining on the sea, shining with all its might. Ruthie looked at the sky and her eyes got water at times. Finally I came to the last lines. But answer came there none, and this was scarcely odd because they'd eaten every one. She took a long time looking at me before she opened her mouth, and then she said, You have the most beautiful teeth I've ever seen, and went inside. All right, obviously Ruthie is a little simple, um, possibly special needs of some sort, but she's still got that childlike fun that ever, that they like having around. It's like having another friend. 
and they're okay with keeping her they like they want her there they don't want her to leave um she makes up stories like kids do you know it's kind of nice for esperanza to see yet another woman in a different situation she ruthie gets to be a forever child she doesn't have to grow up and be like everyone else because she's not like everyone else that's just how it is so anyway i got cut off because i my speaker thing came out so yeah that happens to me a lot i'm so sorry um so that is um so that's edna's ruthie she's she's just childlike and fun and you know maybe we don't have to grow up all the way maybe we can we can look at things like a child and that's okay all right the next one's called the earl of tennessee earl lives next door in edna's basement so that same big building he lives downstairs in the basement behind the flower boxes edna paints green each year behind the dusty geraniums we used to sit on the flower boxes until one day the day tito saw a cockroach with a spot of green paint on its head now we sit on the steps that swing around the basement apartment where earl lives earl works nights his blinds are always closed during the day sometimes he comes out and tells us to keep quiet the little wooden door that has wedged shut the dark for so long opens with a sigh and lets out a breath of mold and dampness like books that have been left out in the rain this is the only time we see earl except for when he comes home and goes to work he has two little black dogs that go everywhere with him. They don't walk like ordinary dogs, but they leap and somersault like an apostrophe in a comma. For those of you working on your vignettes, guys, pause for just a second here. Those of you working on your vignettes, I just want you to see some of the brilliance of, of Sandra Cisneros' writing. I love that description. He has two little black dogs that go everywhere with him. They don't walk like ordinary dogs, but leap and somersault like an apostrophe in a comma. Isn't that the best imagery you can I just love it she's such a good writer anyway at night Nenny and I can hear when Earl comes home from work first the click and whine of the car door opening then the scrape of concrete the excited tinkling of dog tags followed by the heavy jingling of keys and finally the moan of the wooden doors it opens and lets loose its sigh of dampness Earl is a jukebox repairman he learned his trade in the south he says he speaks with a southern accent, smokes fat cigars, and wears a felt hat winter or summer. Hot or cold, doesn't matter, a felt hat. In his apartment are boxes and boxes of 45 records, moldy and damp like the smell that comes out of his apartment whenever he opens the door. He gives the records away to us, all except the country and western. The word is that Earl is married, and he has a wife somewhere. Edna says she saw her once when Earl brought her home up to the apartment. Mama says she's the, a skinny thing, blonde and pale like salamanders that have never seen the sun. But I saw her once too, and she's not that way at all. And the boys across the street says she's tall and red, a tall redheaded lady who wears tight pink pants and green glasses. We never agree on what she looks like, but we do know this. Whenever she arrives, he holds her tight by the crook of her arm. They walk fast into the apartment, lock the door behind them, and never stay long. I'm not so sure Earl's married. <laughs> sure, he's got girlfriends. All right, that one's just a little silly one, kind of stuck in between here. Page 72, Sire. I don't remember when I first noticed him looking at me. Sire. But I knew he was looking. Every time. All the time I walked past his house, him and his friends sitting on their bikes in front of the house, pitching pennies. They didn't scare me. Well, they did, but I wouldn't let them know. I didn't cross the street like other girls. Straight ahead, straight eyes, I walked past. I knew he was looking. I had to prove to me that I wasn't scared of nobody's eyes, not even his. 
I had to look back hard just once like he was glass. And I did I did once, but I looked too long when he rode his bike past me. I looked because I wanted to be brave straight into the dusty cat for of his eyes. And the, then he stopped and the bike stopped and he bumped into a parked car, bumped and I walked fast. It made your blood freeze to have somebody look at you like that. Somebody looked at me. Somebody looked, but his kind, his ways, he's a punk, Papa says, and Mama says not to talk to him. And then his girlfriend came. Lois, I heard him call her. She is tiny and pretty and smells like baby skin. I see her running to the store for him. And once when she was standing next to me in Mr. At Mr. Benny's grocery, she was barefoot. And I saw her barefoot baby toenails, all painted pale, pale pink. The little pink seashells. And she smells pink like babies do. She's got big girl hands. And her bones are long like ladies' bones. And she wears makeup, too. But she doesn't know how to tie her shoes. I do. Sometimes I hear them laughing late. Beer cans and cats and talking, trees talking to themselves. Wait, wait, wait. Sire lets Lois ride on his bike around the block, or they take walks together. I watch them. But he holds his hand, and he stops sometimes to tie her shoes. But Mama says those kinds of girls, those girls are the ones who go, they go into alleys. Lois, who can't tie her shoes. Where does he take her? Everything is holding its breath inside me. Everything is waiting to explode like Christmas. I want to be all new and shiny. I want to sit out bad all night. A boy around my neck and the wind under my skirt. Not this way, every evening talking to the trees, leaning at my window, imagining what I can see. A boy held me once so hard, I swear I felt the grip and weight of his arms, but it was a dream. Sire, how do you hold her? Was it like this? And when you kissed her, like this? She's just, like I said, she's growing up. She wants to She wants to know what it feels like to, to have a boyfriend, but she's scared. She obviously thought Sire was kind of a cutie, um, but it just didn't work out because he's a punk and not the kind of guy that she should be with, but or that her, her parents would approve of. All right. This next one is important and you can, you could mimic your vignette after this one. If you want to, it's called four skinny trees. They are the only ones who understand me. I am the only one who understands them. Four skinny trees with skinny necks and pointy elbows like mine. Four who do not belong here, but are here. Four raggedy excuses planted by the city. From our room, we can hear them, but Nenny just sleeps and doesn't appreciate these things. Their strength is secret. They send ferocious roots beneath the ground. They grow up and they grow down and grab the earth between their hairy toes and bite the sky with violent teeth and never quit their anger. This is how they keep. Let one forget his reason for being. They'd all drop like tulips in a glass, each with their arms around each other. Keep, 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 trees say when I sleep. They teach. When I am too sad and too skinny to keep keeping, when I am tiny thing against so many bricks, then it is I, then it is I look at the trees. When there is nothing left to look at on the street, four who grew despite concrete, four who reach and do not forget to reach, four whose only reason is to be and be. This entrance reminds me a lot of um this vignette reminds me a lot of the Tupac Shakur poem the rose that grew from concrete you've got four trees growing up despite all these hard problems despite all this junk that they've been through despite what's coming they keep going they keep fighting they keep growing and they survive 
you know, these four trees are growing up in the middle of Chicago in all of that sea of concrete everywhere. They continue to grow and thrive because they fight and they're angry and they want it. So I think that's pretty interesting. All right. That's it for today on the reading. Make sure you work on your location tracker. Make sure you work on your vignettes. Um, please check out the new vignette assignment that I've posted. That's where you will attach your vignette uh, book when you have a virtual one, if you want to do a virtual one. If you are doing the non-virtual one, you can just print out the copies, put it, put it in the book and turn the book in. If you have not talked to me about wanting to, which one you want to do, please talk to me. Um, I have some, I have lots of books available if you want to grab a little, it's just like a little paper book that you could do, or you can do the virtual book, which is what most people are going to do, which is fine. Um, you do not have to have pictures. You do not have to, I do want it to look good, but it, and, it, and I want a creative title and I want a creative picture on the front, but you don't have to have pictures throughout or quotes or anything. I just showed you an example of mine because I wanted you to see some of my personal stuff. I want this to be your personal project. I want it to be good. I want to do something that you care about. Don't just throw it together last minute. Um, really put some work into it. Uh, it doesn't take long to write these stories, um, but make them good and make them yours and make them fun. All right. That's all I have for you. I love you. Have a great day.